First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't generate amusing holiday cards, but it will personalize career paths for your people and let you know which suppliers are best so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. For too long, institutions have preserved the status quo of inequality. Now companies are being held accountable for inclusion, sustainability, and equality. But companies don't make decisions people do. Kindred is the membership built to support leaders building socially responsible businesses. We connect members to the community, experts, and resources you need now to make better decisions for the future for all your stakeholders. Learn more and apply for membership at www.kindredmembers.com. That's K-I-N-D-R-E-D members.com. You're listening to Planet Purpose from Inc. Magazine. Today's episode, how to manage through crisis. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Planet Purpose. I'm Scott Goodson. I'm Yolanda White. And I'm Chip Walker. Okay, the Olympics happened this summer. I watched part of it, but honestly, I didn't follow a lot of the games, uh, nor for that matter did many others here in the United States. It seems viewership was significantly down this year. 28 million watched the Rio games and just about 10 million watched the Tokyo games. What about you, Yolanda and Chip? Did you guys watch it? No, same here. I I watched part of the opening ceremony the following day after it aired. I I caught it on YouTube. But otherwise, Mm. I I just really didn't tune in. And and from what I read, it sounded like uh, it was a bit of a snooze overall. It wasn't a super exciting Olympics game. Instead, I tuned into the new season of Making the Cut, which is the Project Runway (laughs) spinoff. Fine holiday fun. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see much of it either. I think I have been a little too preoccupied with my rising singer. But Naomi definitely like hit home. Simone hit home during this, put a spotlight on mental health, more so like bigger issues versus the game itself. Mm. Those are a couple of moments that Mm. sort of stood out for me. Yeah, those are really powerful moments. You know, at one time, the Olympics was really an amazing example of activating purpose to drive positive change. I mean, the Olympics was this amazing idea brought to life in you know the early 1900s by the French pacifist Pierre de Coubertin, the father of the modern Olympic Games. His life was so incredibly well cataloged by a book by um, a very good friend of mine named George Herthler called The Idealist. George spent his career working with the Olympic movement, highly recommended book. But back then, of course, you know, the social problem de Coubertin was trying to solve was peace through sport. I mean, they had had, you know, hundreds of years of wars in Europe and, uh, and beyond Europe. He really sort of, you know, to put it differently, was trying to avoid conflict when countries play and compete for medals instead of, you know, booty or land grabs. This was such a, an excellent example of purpose activated, at least until it became over-commercialized. And, you know, unfortunately, the Olympics has started as a movement to drive positive change. I just don't know if young people today connected back to what it was originally started to do. Probably young people today probably see it as games brought to you by big advertisers. 
What do you think about why the viewership was down, Chip? You know, I, I think it's actually for a pretty practical reason that people just don't know where to watch it. I, I don't think it's that people were bored. I mean, who watches live TV anymore? Mm-hmm. If you would ask me what network is on, I, I don't think I could have told you unless I'd looked it up. I mean, if you're like me, you've ditched cable, you're watching streaming apps all the time, you rarely watch anything in real time. I mean, Peacock, which is the uh, NBC um, app, has pretty low audience compared to the other ones. So again, I just don't think people knew where to watch the game, number one. And number two, you see the best clips posted on social media of all the uh, ultimate moments of people winning and uh, that kind of thing. So why, why watch it in real time anyway? Yeah. So it's a challenging situation for the for NBC and the networks. You make a great point, Chip. I mean, honestly, I think it's on NBC, but it's a I think. I'm not 100 Was it? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. So I'm like, I think it was there. And the fact that I probably wouldn't have kept up with anything if it wasn't for IG. So social media has been like my saving grace to keep me connected with the Olympics. But I do believe there is an interest issue. Like, I just don't believe people are into the Olympics anymore. Back to Scott's point, I think some of the original conception of the Olympics as an idea is not at the forefront of today's youth. And as you set it up, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a powerful movement of why the Olympics started, but that is not how I thought about it at all. Mm. And you used to work with Coca-Cola, which was, of course was a made sponsor. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah. yep, didn't even know that history. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to the Olympics, we've had some pretty severe weather this summer, wrecking havoc all over yeah. the U.S. There were huge fires. There's still huge fires in British Columbia and across California and all the Western states. You know, of course, there was huge floods in Europe and Germany and Belgium. Canada has you know, had some, you know, the hottest weather in the history of the, of, uh, the country. Even Japan during the Olympics had a monsoon <laughs> during the, the surfing. So this shit is real. I mean, it's worse than Al Gore said what happened during, you know, his movie, Oscar winning movie, and it's all coming to pass. So no wonder the billionaires are, uh, you know, convincing the U.S. government to pay for their rockets to get to other planets exactly. using taxpayer dollars to create a highway to new worlds. Because it seems like ours is in trouble. So I know weather's been crazy. I mean, listen, if anyone was skeptical about global warming and if it's real, I'm like at this point, like everyone, I'm sure must be a believer now. If you even look back five years ago, it just wasn't as bad as what we're seeing today. I think at yesterday in Atlanta, it was hmm. like 100 degrees. So like wow. literally, I just think we have a lot of work to do to inspire companies to take a bigger role in sustainability in general. And as a business owner, I know it's easier said than done, but the financial structures and systems just really are not in place today for leaders to make these kind of sacrifices that are needed. But we must bring about change when we start to see what's happening with the weather. Yeah, I so agree with you, Yolanda. I mean, these are super tough issues to solve. And and I do think that we're going to start to see a lot more severe weather issues uh, everywhere yeah. in the future. Yeah. These weather these weather issues, you know, these crises uh, that we've been talking about set us up for our topic today. Yeah. Uh, which is an excellent one based on, you know, the discussion we, we just had. How can Activating Purpose help you lead through a crisis? So in a recent Harris poll, you like Harris polls, Chip, so you'll pay attention to this one. Customers' reaction to the COVID-19 crisis, more than 80% of the respondents said they would remember which companies did the right thing by their workers. And three quarters said they wouldn't forget the businesses that took missteps long after the crisis ends. 
This is familiar ground for Ramon Soto. After joining Northwell Health as chief marketing officer, Soto helped engineer a dramatic transformation and built a reputation over time as one of the business world's most visible advocates of defining an organization's purpose as a North Star and activating it with movement thinking. Today, as more and more leaders grapple with the need to incorporate the needs of all stakeholders into their strategy, Soto's experience reflects the challenges and opportunities inherent in mobilizing people inside the organization and out. And moreover, all of this was put on a pedestal during one of the greatest crises of our generation. Ramon is the Chief Marketing Officer, as I said, and Communications Officer of Northwell Health, one of the largest health services organizations in the country and the largest private employer in New York State. And the organization which received the full brunt of COVID crisis when it descended upon New York in 2020 and in 2021. Wow. Talk about managing through a crisis. That was a huge one. That's pretty impressive. I mean, what he had to manage there. Well, Ramon, welcome to the Planet Pod. Yeah. Welcome, Ramon. Welcome. Thanks for having me, too. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So, Ramon, how's your summer been? Have you been able to get a break after what's had to have been a really crazy year for you? You know, it really has slowed down tremendously. We're kind of back to starting up the core business. We're seeing a lot less patients who have COVID. I'm not quite ready to go to Europe uh, or Florida, for that matter. So it's been a little bit more staycation. I got to go to Shelter Island, delightful place. And then I have a place in the Berkshires that uh, I used to escape and really get in, in touch with nature. So it's been a relaxing summer. Hey, I want to jump into it, you guys. Ramon, like, you know, when you start to think about like Corona in general, it's been disruptive in every aspect of our lives. For me, it's really changed like me as a consumer, how I was purchasing, how I was buying, but even as a businesswoman. So I would love to hear from you how you've managed through this unprecedented time and crisis professionally. And if you can like touch on what role did purpose play in preparing you with this unforeseen crisis? Sure, absolutely. So uh, Yolanda, thanks for the question. It's a really important one. The COVID has had uh, tremendous knock-on effects in society and really hit its epicenter in healthcare. And uh, during the first wave, New York was the epicenter of COVID in the United States and Northwell was the epicenter of COVID in New York. Uh, We have about 77,000 employees. We're the largest health system in the New York market. We had over 200,000 people who are in our beds, in our facilities, and we've seen our fair share of death. So For those people who think this is uh, an exaggerated flu, it's not. It is a a serious issue and it's a travesty that over 600,000 people have passed away because of it. Mm. Really devastating in terms of healthcare. I will tell you, it is amazing to be part of an industry that ran towards the flames to keep other people safe. And it is a tale of two cities because I've never been more proud to work in this industry. Yet at the same time, you see all this devastation. And purpose really helped us get through this. I can only imagine what a difficult position we would have been if we were not thinking through how we translate our mission from these consulting words to actual purpose, Mm -hmm. the soul of who we are, and how do we express that to consumers? So for us, it really was a guiding principle as the story arc for COVID expressed itself in New York through very different phases and how we got in New York, particularly through the fear phase of COVID and having them know that we would be there for them taking the journey. Well, I have to say, I mean, Ramon, you have always been calm. You're calm now after this last 18 months. But even during the whole crisis, I remember I had a couple of calls with you in the middle of the night, especially when they were starting the uh, quarantine zone in New Rochelle, which is like a stone's throw from my house. And you were like, Scott, deep breath. It'll be (laughs) fine. It was like the movie, The Ten Commandments, when this sort of the 
the cloud is descending onto Cairo or Egypt at the time. I felt like that in the Empire State Building. But people in your position have had tools at their disposal, traditional crisis communications. How does traditional crisis communications play a role in solving situations like COVID? And what are the limitations? Yeah, Scott, it's a great question. So we're in healthcare and uh, we don't really deal with locusts flying over the New York market, but uh, we have to be prepared if there's a storm, if there's a terrorist event, if there's a natural disaster, and we have natural protocols to do that. I will tell you crisis communication, it's a well-worn tool and we've seen our fair share of it. Think of the NFL and the kneel out process. Think of the Me Too movement and how companies had to not just reflect and react, but embrace and change their perspective in the market. I will tell you the tool, the traditional tools that are available are important, but insufficient. Most of them are on the how, they teach you the how. You know, my, one of my favorite is um, one of the theories in crisis communications called the apologia theory. Mm. The apologia theory is all about how do you apologize and not just apologize, but how do you blame others while you're apologizing? It doesn't really deal with who you are, your culture, your organization, and how should you position your response? It doesn't really deal with the why. And that's to me where purpose comes in. In healthcare, we use the hospital incident command, the structure, a very sexy name for uh, our process in terms of responding to crisis. Well-worn tool, mobilized the whole institution for large events, but purpose really drove the why piece. It really helped us transition from the consulting words on response. You know, our value proposition used to be transformative leaders driving the future of health, wellness, and quality of life. I remember when we first presented that to you at CHIP and the laughter that that ensued. <laughs> um, we uh, then transitioned that and simplified it into this very simple concept about who we were and our mission. And it was about raising health. It was about building a platform for better health for all. And that really kind of opened up the aperture and how we responded to the ultimate crisis that moved into the marketplace. Yeah. So, Ramon, building on that, you know, we, we talked a lot with you about this uh, concept we call movement thinking, which is really about using the principles behind successful societal movements to actually activate your purpose. I wonder if you can, can you talk some more about how you used movement thinking to activate you guys' purpose at Northwell? Absolutely. That's a great extension question. For us, it was once you understand the core, the what your purpose what is and was and how you express that soul how do you visibly engage with consumers and how do you pull them into the equation how do you take the journey with them and i'll focus on a really small example but a really important one this concept of better health for all it's about taking the journey in a very very different way with consumers and it's about lifting all of our healthcare needs you guys helped us refine that into the expression raise health and Raise Health, it's not just about what Northwell is going to do to change the healthcare condition. It's about what consumers can do themselves. So we launched an initiative around gun violence in America. Gun violence is an insidious national healthcare epidemic. Gun violence has historically been a Second Amendment issue, and we tried to change the dialogue to really turn this into a conversation around a healthcare crisis that is killing 44,000 people each year. About 30,000 of them die from suicide. These are kind of unknown statistics, but yet if you were to ask the average person on the street, what's your perspective? Do you think it needs to move in a different direction? They would say yes. So we mobilized around that. We created a movement around that. 
We created an institute to deal with gun violence in the New York market and to create some national policy. We've partnered with the Biden administration to really help them change the dialogue from a Second Amendment issue to a healthcare issue. Uh, we have a lot of traction behind it, more on the professional side to get other uh, healthcare institutions to follow us. And we're about to unleash that messaging to consumers. And it's very accessible. It's very approachable. Most consumers will say, yes, we need to do something about this. We're going to invite them to the journey. I mean, gun violence, that's a huge one. I've also seen some additional work that you've done that's been more specific to women. I just, I think it's been like a plethora of topics that you've been dealing with. Are there any like learnings or insights you would share with our listeners regarding how to effectively activate purpose? And what are some of the benefits you're seeing? Yes. So one of the extreme benefits is how your workforce responds to purpose. Think about the consulting words that I talked about before, and it just was not accessible to the rank and file of Northwell Health. 77,000 associates. If you can mobilize them appropriately, it turns into an army and you can do incredible things. You can change incredible things with that people power. And I can tell you by articulating purpose appropriately inside our organization, we were able to move our employee engagement scores from the 41st percentile in the United States to the 91st percentile in a very short period of time because people engaged and they understood where we were going. They understood that what better health for all meant. They loved the movement and they decided to jump on board and be advocates of the movement. So those are all brand ambassadors. Those are all people who engage with the public and they very profoundly help tell the story. They are the brand, they are the value creators. It's a powerful metaphor for how businesses can help move their businesses in a very different direction and activate their employees. That's powerful. I mean, we're indebted to you, Ramon, for being a great leader. I particularly admire how when it seemed like the sky was falling, you went out with a I think the seminal work for this whole crisis, which was a campaign entitled uh, Information is Healthy, Fear is Not. It was really a great way of just helping people understand what in fact was fact and what was not. To this day, I think that was really one of the best pieces of work that I've seen really just provided the basic facts. And when everybody honestly had no idea what to do. I think what's so powerful about this discussion is that purpose is at the center of healthcare, you know, because Mm. it's something that's so meaningful to how we live to the quality of life that we live. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, I could definitely see how purpose would be at the center of the work where I think like Ramon has changed the game and with partners like you, they've taken this conversation and they didn't make it singular. And so the dimensions of it, the multitude of what health means and how that impacts us as individuals, I think is what makes this conversation so powerful. And it also speaks to the complexity of purpose. It's saying, while your purpose may seem like a very simple, easy statement, it has to come to life in many different ways and be activated in a real way that people can touch it, feel it, and believe and advocate around it. So I'm just saying kudos to everyone who's had some impact. You know, Ramon is sitting in front of us, but I'm like, hey, to all the powers that be that come up with the great words, but turn it into something that really reflects what we feel as consumers every day and what we deal with, I think is what's so powerful. But it would seem that it's easy for a healthcare company, but I think there's a lot more complexity that people don't understand and see that I feel like you've thought about to make this a more multidimensional conversation. So it's been really insightful for me. You're right. Healthcare obviously is very purpose-driven, but I think in the middle of all the, just the melee of 
people being ill and the government giving mixed messages, both on a city, state, national, international level. I mean, think about all the complete mess it was. And to be able to be calm and collected and do two o'clock in the morning phone calls to, to someone like me and give me a sense of calm, that was so appreciated. Yeah, that's awesome. Yolanda, your point is so well taken. Healthcare is typically a low interest category until you need it, and then it's a high interest category. And yep. uh, purpose driven out of COVID. COVID sh- shines all the lights all on all the fissures in healthcare, all the cracks, all the issues. And purpose is really kind of the route to take a different approach and have a different relationship with consumers. So I'm super optimistic that now that we're emerging from this, we can have a different dialogue and really incentivize them to take command of their own health, go in a different direction. It's a super powerful statement that you made. So thank you. No, thank you. That was good insight. This was a great session. Really, really, really informative. And um, I think many people out there who have been through the last 18 months will appreciate the tips you've provided, Ramon. All right, we're going to do a quick break. Let's go. And we'll be back for our jump ball segment. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Planet Purpose is sponsored by Deo. Deo lets you look wonderful and feel inspired. Deo developed the world's most stylish and comfortable loungewear. Feel it on your skin and you'll smile your way through work, relaxing, vacationing, styling, and profiling. And you'll feel like the beautiful Deo woman that you are. Elevate your loungewear, elevate your life, elevate your Deo. Go to DeoWomen.com and tell them Planet Purpose sent you for a special gift. And we got you. Activate Brand Purpose is the new book focused on helping you lead with purpose. The insights in Activate Brand Purpose are supported by data from the first empirical study of purpose-driven brands. Activate Brand Purpose helps you do just that. It's available now on Audible. So now it's time for Jump Ball. So Chip, what do you have? Uh, Yeah, so this week I want to plug a book. It's called The Heart of Business, Leadership Principles for the Next Era of Capitalism, which I know sounds kind of stuffy and high-minded and, I don't know, maybe not that interesting. But the, the reason I like it is it's a book that's about purpose, but it's actually a business turnaround story. So it's by this guy, Hubert Jolly, who was the CEO of Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And in it, he sort of tells about the, you know, the turnaround of Best Buy using a lot of principles having to do with purpose. He, he talks about kind of the, the philosophy behind Best Buy's resurgence. And he's got some principles in there that I, I think are probably applicable to almost any business. Uh, the biggest one was uh, treating profit as an outcome, not the goal that I found really interesting. So any, anyway, great book. That sounds great. I, That's I'm going to read interesting. that. I'm going to do a book too, though, Scott. And I picked a book off of Oprah's book club list. So a really interesting book called The American Marriage. You guys know I love love, so I like to read this stuff. But um, <laughs> I literally just started reading it last night. It's about an African-American couple. They're dealing with 
with life and love. But there were a couple of things that even though I'm at the beginning of the book that I found sort of interesting, it really does showcase the fact that the African-American community is not homogenic. We talk about it all the time, but I think this book really like talks about the different, the man and woman are from different economic backgrounds. But the crux of the book is really rooted in the complexities of relationships Mm -hmm. and how our past usually meets our present and even our future. So it's been really interesting to see them take this walk down, like things that are kind of playing a role in their life today that they don't really realize. But yeah, Mm. it's really, it's good. It's interesting. And it's from Oprah. Uh, (laughs) An American marriage. Yeah, that sounds great. Yes. I think when you think about like, um, you know, marriage and communities, you have this sort of homogenic sort of perspective. So I, I really love when there's like examples of interesting and unconventional uh, relationships, you know, because you realize that your relationship is not so like every everyone's relationship different. Is, is different. Yeah, right. It's no, there's no such thing as the same. So, I'm gonna read that book. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, actually. it's an easy read. It's like a five hour read. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, I've been consuming a lot of books. So I'm not going to talk about a book this year. But I'm actually before it comes to me, I'm going to ask Ramon to jump in and give sure. us his jump ball. Well, thank you guys. Uh, I'm going to continue the book theme. Let me say why this book first, and uh, then I'll tell you what the name of the book is. And it's related to COVID. So COVID is changing everything, how we consume, what we consume. I think we are living change. I think we're living the future. And there are only some glimpses that organizations have into what that change means. So I would recommend a book called Start With Why. It's by a gentleman, Simon Sinek, and it is all about driving change. It is all about how do you get your organization from point A to point B. Most companies are great at explaining to their employees and to consumers uh, what they do. Most companies are terrible explaining why they do it. And it relates back to purpose. It is all about inspiring and motivating and convincing and driving change from within so that we can take advantage of all those forces that change that are affecting our businesses as opposed to being a victim of them. A great read. Yeah, that's a great read. That's a classic. Three great book topics. I have another serious one to add to this wonderful list. Uh, And that is uh, a new TV show on Apple TV called Physical. I don't know if you've watched it. Yeah. Very inspiring. It features Rose Byrne, the actress, and it is set in the idyllic community of San Diego in 1980. So it's kind of, if you remember 1980, this is 1980. And she plays a housewife who's married to a teacher who has a lot of issues and um, becomes... You know how Jane Fonda used to do all those workouts in the early 80s? She becomes like the world's most famous workout instructor and she's got a dark side to her. It is a a very dark comedy, (laughs) but highly entertaining. Someone who's got some real physical challenges, mental challenges, but also uh, is succeeding as a physical, you know, a physical instructor where they used to wear leotards and they wear the whole outfit, Jane Fonda outfit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super funny. It's controversial, of course, and a little dark. So if you want a great entertaining show, physical on Apple TV is highly recommended. What is it like a 30-minute show or uh, what's yeah, the 30, commitment time here? Exactly. 30-minute show. And uh, it's kind of full of surfer dudes and, you know, California people <laughs> and California politicians trying to save the wave and these kind of things. And then, of course, the most important, which are the women who want to work out. Sounds cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Sounds You'd cute. love it. I, I love it. It's just absolutely crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a great episode. Very, very, very thoughtful and very much appreciate our guest of honor today, Ramon Soto from Northwell, joining us. Ramon! Woo-hoo! 
Yeah. Thanks, Ramon. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ramon. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Planet Purpose. I'm Scott Goodson. I'm Yolanda White. And I'm Chip Walker. Planet Purpose is brought to you by Inc. Magazine and Strawberry Frog. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. This show would not be possible without the extraordinary support and help of Avery Miles, producer, Brian Cornelius, video producer, Josh Christensen, senior podcast producer, Blake Odom, production assistant, Umama Mahood, marketing director, and Nicola Keneally, chief of staff. 